Welcome to our bonus episode as we are interviewing Stephen Murphy, the former editor of Inside Soap magazine. This is very exciting uh, because he, um, you know, so he's a former editor, so Stephen left um, a couple of months ago. Been he's working, been doing it for he's a been very doing a bloody long, long time, Gemma. You've been, time. you've been working on your magazine for a long time, but he has yep. beat you out. He, was, he definitely did. He, we were still at school when he, when he started, so um, yeah, he's a bit of a soap expert. He so is I a was, veteran of the soap journalism he is, he, scene. He knows, he knows we are relative newbies compared to his expertise. So yes. Michael interviewed him and there are, you've, you've talked about lots of different exciting... I, I, don't, I don't want to give it away no. now. No, well, it's, everyone's going to have to it. listen then to hear what it's he's worth got it. to say. It's lovely. Here he is. For many Corrie viewers, it's become a bit of a ritual to rush down the paper shelf every Tuesday morning, pick up a copy of the latest Inside Soap and find out what their favourite characters will be up to the following week. And my guest today began working on the mag back in the mid-1990s when Norris Cole was still a relatively new character and Jack and Vera were landlord and landlady of the Rover's return. Earlier this year, he stepped down in his role of editor and he's kindly agreed to come on the podcast today to speak about his time at the helm of the magazine. It's Stephen Murphy. Stephen, lovely to have you here today. Thank you. That was a bit of a long one, wasn't it? I'll give you a chance to speak now. <laughs> How are you doing? How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Very well, thank you. Mid ninety sounds like a long time ago. Now you see it out loud. It, it does. <laughs> I was I was just you know starting secondary school in mid nineties. Just to put that into perspective. Yeah, we we had a terrible situation. I got to point in, in in the inside soap job where people who were working for it hadn't been born when I started working inside soap. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> well, listen. Um, that, it's such it, you're right it's such a huge amount of time to work on the publication mm. what is it that kept you there so long um, it's the best I mean I've always said it, it's, the, it's the best job in the world mm. um, you know I, I love I've always been a soap fan you know I love soaps um, the soap industry um, the soap sort of press industry particularly is a really nice industry mm. it's very very it's it's quite upfront quite straightforward you know it's not it's not it's not what kind of what you'd imagine, John. You know, if you see a journalist on on a soap, usually, yeah. and they're always sort of after a story or whatever, or double crossing or whatever, or you know, <laughs> you know, writing up a, a sort of bad version of an interview that was supposed to be a good thing. You know, it's not, it's not like that yeah. in the soap industry. You know, it's 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 a nice it's a nice world, um, and you get to know what's going to happen in soaps for everyone else, and you get to meet people off the telly. You know, so so it's you know, it's it, it's a lovely it's a lovely 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 job. Yeah. So why, why did you decide to why did you decide to leave then? Well, it's it's just the way of I mean, publishing has changed hugely um, in the last sort of sort of ten years, particularly. Mm. Um, you know, the way that magazines are made is changing. Um, every company has had to restructure to reflect that, and and they came to a point where, um, you know, the, the offer was there. You know, they needed you know just selling less and less magazines over the years you know you mm. need to cut costs etc you know it's a, it's a fact of life so the offer came up really and I thought the timing just felt right you yeah. know I, I'd been there for the, when I left I'd been there I think four or five days off of 25 years since I first worked on Inside wow. Soap um, you know so it felt quite it, it felt quite a nice time to go I'd also just turned 50 so you know, there's also a bit of that sort of, well, if, if, if I've got one more trick left in me, I better get on with it soon. <laughs> you know, what I was so just, just, you know, it was, it was just that, it just, it just all felt right, yeah. actually, for yeah. me. 
I'm quite, um, I'm quite... And, you know, the, the, the magazine, you know, is, is still in great hands. You know, most of the people are there, still there. Um, it just, you know, it, it felt it felt the right decision for me. I absolutely know when it happened. I and they talked to me about it. I, I had no hesitation whatsoever. Mm. I barely thought about it, and, and and I mean that in a lovely way. You know, I could happily have done that job for you know quite another few years. <laughs> but I, you know, I, I was really sort of. I thought, you know what? Yes, I've 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 done my time now. Mm. Oh, you spoke earlier about you know, how magazine publishing has changed over the years. I mean, yeah. back when Inside Soap started, the internet was still very much in its infancy, wasn't it? How how yeah. have you? What are some of the ways that you've seen the magazine change to adapt with you know the rising threat of digital media over the years? Yeah, it's been it's been it's been quite interesting um, in those in those terms. I mean, it's I think it's all about what what a magazine is and what a magazine can do, mm. and and what a website is and what a, what a, a website can do or what social media can do. And I think that. Um, I think you just you just play up, you know, those sort of things. Um, everything that you know, I think a magazine, you know, I think a magazine can evoke emotion. I think a magazine can be funny. I think a magazine can be visually interesting. Mm. You know, all those sort of things that I think the website struggle a little bit with. Mm. Um, I think is quite is is kind of what you push. You, you just always think because the websites, <clears throat> you know, particularly the, the kind of news soap news websites, because what they what they get the most clicks for are the straightforward news stories, the yeah. spoilers. You know, they tend that tends to be mainly what they do because their job is to get clicks in the mm. same way that my job is to, was to make a lovely cover and get someone to pick it up in mm. W. H. Smith. Mm. Um, you know, so so that you know all that more kind of magazine stuff that the websites just don't don't do as much. Yeah. So I think it was just just trying to do that and um, you know maximise what I do with that um, and see what you can add to it. You know, what could, here's this story. What can we add to this that only we can do? Yeah. Our knowledge and our insight, and you know, our, the readers trust in us. You know, our contacts, whatever, our, our sense of humour. You know, what can we add to this page that will that, that will make it fun and interesting? I think mm. was, was kind of what you do. Really, the, you know, there was a time where we just ran on the news stories quite happily. Yeah. Um, but then you know that that kind of overtaken. So you just you just roll the punches a bit, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you spoke about your knowledge. I mean, how much knowledge did you, as the editor, need of all the soaps? Did you like have to watch them all, or was like reading plot summaries enough, or did you want to watch um, them all? You watched. I watched as much as I physically could. <laughs> um, you know, I I, I saw um, you know I, I saw a, a bit of everything every week. Most, but it's kind of it kind of stacks down like it does in the magazine. Corny Street, Emmerdale, EastEnders. Generally, every week I see everything. Mm. Um, and then neighbours and home and away. I'd make sure I saw some docs. I'd see bit, you know, whole being casualty. If I ever read a story when I was proofing the magazine and I didn't know what someone looked like hmm. or who they were in the story, I had to then watch that show because I didn't like that. Yeah, I, I like to know, you know. So I, even if I wasn't say watching Casualty every week, I had an overview of the plots and knew who all the characters were. Yeah, um, every episode of everything. Um, in the office was watched and notes made on them and you know that kind of thing which mm. were all kind of then throw back into the magazine so if someone's got sort of little observation or whatever you know that would be chucked into the melting pot for the magazine so yeah everything was watched and, and we kind of had little sort of uh, uh, in unofficial you know experts champions for every show mm. Mm. you know within the staff yeah. you know who was the one you would go to if you had a neighbour's question you just mm-hmm. you know you stick it straight to Sarah Ellis yeah. you know that that was kind of that's kind of so everyone so there was you know there was an expertise with everyone within the within the team because you know everyone can be an absolute expert in everything yeah yeah did you have a favourite soap did it change over the years um it does actually I mean it's it, it's it's a very it's a very broad question considering the job that I've done for mm. 25 years um I, I 
it's changed over the years. There's certain things like there's things like EastEnders and Neighbours. There's something about having watched something from the very first episode. Mm. There's something about that um, that gives you a, that gives you a certain investment in it beyond what sometimes what you have, I think, for other things. Yeah. Um, the, my interesting thing always would be because um, I was the only sort of journalist who never saw them in advance, so I never had time. So I kind of watched them as they went out, or even watched them, you know, after, or often catching up on the weekends. Mm. Um, and my thing would always used to be when I sat down and went, oh, I've got a couple of hours, I'll do some soaps, is almost like instinctively you'd just go, oh, oh, Corey, actually, I want to see Corey. Yeah. You're, you're kind of, you're, some, something would just take you to the one that you wanted, but to your favourite one at that point. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, we all know that they've had their little ebbs and flows over the years. Um, but I do think, yeah, I, it's really hard to say, actually. <laughs> I was going to say, I think Corey overall might be my favourite over the years. But also, I've got a huge lot of EastEnders. There's been some cracking years, I mean, some unbeatable years of Emmerdale, some amazing soap. Yeah, but that's um, been doing so, really so well I the last few know. years, hasn't it, Emmerdale? It's, it's won quite a few awards in the past, you know, five years or so. Yeah, well, the first, the first Best Soap Award it won was at the Inside Soap Awards in, oh, you're testing me now, possibly 2016, yeah. maybe? And that was after all the, I don't know how familiar you are with Emmerdale, all the... the camera and stuff and the, the Woolpack Cellar and the Siege and all of that kind of thing they had a big week with mm. a big storm and everything and it won it won then and that 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 was where the tides sort of started to turn I think a bit with Emmerdale yeah, yeah um, cool. I think I think also Emmerdale interesting enough started to get fans in inverted commas um, <laughs> in a way that I don't think it had before I yeah. think EastEnders always had them and Connie Street always had them but I don't think Emmerdale had fans as such yeah. Um, you know, I think viewers who very much liked it. I think, and I think a lot of that is down to is down to Danny Miller and that Aaron story. You know, there's plots that just that seem to engage a really sort of really intense sort of love. Um, and I think I think Emmerdale started having fans around that time in a way that the other soaps did, and maybe it didn't for whatever reason. I don't know. Mm, that's really interesting. So I wanted to go back earlier. We were talking about competition from other digital media, but um, yes. in the past year or so, I've been kind of get, getting some old copies of the old Coronation Street magazine that came out in the oh, yes. late nineties. Do you remember much about that, and whether that was ever kind of competition for what the content you were pushing in inside soap? Yeah, I do. I mean, I don't think it was because I mean, at that there was only us then. And um, uh. it was only us and the Coronation Street magazine. It was a Brookside magazine at one point that we made, actually, for a huh. couple of years. Um, but, yeah, I don't think... I think we... I mean, I remember I knew the editor of it, actually, back in the day. Um, and, yeah, I think... I I think we just thought it was a nice thing, and they just thought it was a nice thing, and I don't think there was ever any... They get something, because we don't... Also, they were monthly and I think possibly that time mm. we were fortnightly so we were a bit more I think they were a bit less storyline driven if you know what I mean yeah of course yeah. because of this sort of because you know you can't really be storyline for a whole month you've got to be a bit more general mm. Um, so yeah, so I do I do remember it well. <laughs> so uh, I wanted to also go back to talk about like when you first started at the magazine. Do you yeah. do you remember what some of the earliest things you wrote for the mag were and, and like how you how you got your job there? Um, I got my job there. I um, my first magazine job was at DC Thompson's in Dundee, mm. um, where I worked on the teen titles um, shout magazine, which is still going actually. Mm. Amazingly, thirty years old or whatever. Um, I worked on that doing doing pop and TV. Um, I saw more than seventeen concerts than a man really has to, I think, in his life. Um, and and did and did all those kind of sub 
subtake that bands like um, Bad Boys Inc and World Apart and <laughs> Goose and all these sort of weird sort of bands who had about four hits. Um, I've got to know all of them very well. Um, so yeah, so I did a lot of that. But a lot of my job was Aussie Soaps at the time. Mm. Um, it was they were still. I mean, this was ninety. Oh God, now you test me. This would be ninety two, ninety two, I think. Yeah. Ninety three, maybe. So um, it was um very much. Um, you know, they were the Aussie sorts were still very, very big. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't quite your glory days, Scott and Charlene. It was more your kind of oh, let me think, your your Cody Willis and your Rick Alessi and your yeah, yeah. possibly I think the Kennedys came in when I was there mm-hmm. as well. And oh, and and Lou and Cheryl. It was all that kind of era. So it was almost like I would call it when I write my neighbours book. I'll call that third wave. It was third wave of neighbours. <laughs> um, so I was doing a lot of of Aussie stuff. Sorry, this is, my, this is my long story going short. No, right? it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know who you're talking about, having never seen <laughs> the, the Aussie soap, so you keep going, it's I'm, fine. I'm sure someone, I'm sure someone listening. Definitely. I'm sure, sure someone will appreciate it. I'm sure, I know we've got some um, Neighbours and Home and Away uh, listeners, so you, yeah. you keep going. <laughs> anyway, um, so the point was, I, um, I, I kind of wanted to move on from that, and I was at, um, I was doing a photo shoot at Grange Hill, which at the time was at L Street, where EastEnders had the same the same lot as EastEnders. Yeah. Um, and a photographer I was using also worked a lot in Inside Soap. Um, and he said to me, oh, you know, they were monthly at that point. I said, oh, you know, you, you know they're going fortnightly, don't you? And I don't think he was supposed to tell anyone that. I think it was in, in, in secret. Bless Tim Roney for finding me a job. Thank you, Tim Roney. <laughs> He's a wonderful man. Um, so I thought, oh, well, so I immediately bombarded them with stuff. Um, and I was down in, when I... Uh, when I worked in Dundee, I used to come down to London to do shoots and stuff, maybe a, a, a week every couple of months. So the next time I was down for a week, uh, they said, oh, come in the office. So I came in, had a bit of a chat, and then I wrote an Aussie Soap special for them, more or less from cover to cover, um, myself. Wow. Um, and then a few months after that, so still I had, had another job. I had to do it all in secret. It was all very cloak and dagger. Mm-hmm. And then a few months later, uh, they rang me up because someone was um, going to Australia, because the company was Australian and they had they had a, a vacancy and wanted me to take it. So that was how I got there. So that's a very long story. What was the question again? <laughs> uh, it was partly that. And then what, what did you kind of, what was it like first oh, yeah. start there? What, did you, what sort of stuff did they get you writing first? So, uh, so the first, I think the first thing I ever wrote was a piece about soap bitches, I seem to remember. Classic. Single page feature, possibly because Cindy... Beale was leaving EastEnders, possibly, 96. Yeah. No, she wasn't. Was she back in it again? I can't remember. And I think I did a sort of five best so bitches type thing. Yeah. Um, I think that was the first thing. I was trying to think, actually, preparing for this. I can't remember the first interview I ever did. Oh, I do. It was Brookside. Yeah. I think I did Diane... Oh, no, what's her name? Katie Rogers. Mm-hmm. Diane Buck. I think that was my first ever Inside Soap interview was a Brookside one yeah. so yeah so I was doing you know I was doing like general features like the sort of bitch type thing and I was doing interviews storyline interviews and, and, and chats with people you know pretty much mm. pretty much straight away yeah. um, and doing Aussie stuff which at that point was all done by fax <laughs> if anyone remembers what a fax machine was yeah. so it's you know you'd send it off and of course you wouldn't get anything you wouldn't get any replies the next morning yeah. you know so everything was sort of done back and forward so but by by fax to Australia, so I looked after all the Australian stuff, along with um, Jason Herbison, who was our Australian correspondent out there, who is now the executive of Neighbours and has been for several years. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he worked for Inside Soul for quite a few, he was one of the longest standing contributors actually, oh, according wow. to Jason. Um, so yeah, so then, and then just, you know, went on, um, just 
doing, you know, we all did a bit, it's a bit like now, everyone did a bit of everything. Mm, mm. Um, so, you know, you sort of covered off all the soaps and anything new that started, we're doing it, and a bit general telly as well, yeah, yeah. going to launches and stuff like that. Cool. So I, I remember 1996 not being like a vintage year for Corrie and it was just after that that we had Brian Park come into the show and he got really shook things up by acting yeah. a load of characters and stuff. Do you remember that change being a big deal at Inside Soap when he I came do. along? I do. It's really funny actually because um, since since lockdown last year, we've you know, been working from home since then, bar the odd day here and there, got to go in the office and I was working from home. Mm. So I got in sort of got in the habit of, of slipping on classic Coronation Street in the afternoon, mm. um, just in the background where I was working, I was sort of maybe watching it. Um, and what was what was interesting, it went right through that period. Yeah. Because last year when, when lockdown happened, it was just before that, it was kind of Derek and the Gnomes and all those sort of ones. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Sort of stories. And then the Brian Park stuff started and then so it's and, and now actually we're just coming out the other end of it. Mm. And Brian Park's gone, but it's very, it's very much sort of reset the format of the show. It does. It feels different. You know, so I've, I've been keeping up with it as well, and you can, you can really yeah, feel the the change from the old to the to the yeah. new. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I remember, it was, I remember it was quite an exciting time at Insight, Insight so just because there was a lot, there was a lot to talk about. Um, yeah. know, there was a lot going on. There was a lot of new characters to interview. You know, there was also a lot of press about it. Mm, Battersby's you know, coming that, in. That, that, That's a big one, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, Battersby's and all of that kind of thing. And that you know, the, one of the biggest things in Inside Soap was if it gets in the papers, get it on the cover. Yeah. Because as soon as there's a bit of a, you know, as soon as there's a bit of a, you know, a bit of a scandal or something about something or something makes a bit of headline, there's a bit of noise about it. Mm. It would translate into sales for us because I think a lot of our readers back then maybe wouldn't buy every issue. But mm. if there was something particularly that was that was gripping them, they'd maybe they'd maybe you know buy it for a few weeks. You know, so there was a lot of those floating readers and you could always get those in. So that was great for us because it made a lot of noise in the press. Yeah. Um, because obviously there was a load of axings and there was a load of new people coming in. I should say there was the Battersby's, you know, there was things like Adam Rickett, mm-hmm. um, who I did one of his first interviews, I think, actually. Yeah. Up at Granada many years ago. Huh. Um, so, yeah, there was, you know, so there was, there was just a lot to talk about. So it was good. You know, we, I always, you know, we always used to love it when new people are coming. So we just thought, great, news. <laughs> news is going to happen things are going to happen you know so it's, it was always you know so new is always good because it's just a lot to write about yeah yeah of course so two, two decades on from this and although you know the ratings are nowhere near what they were back in the day the soaps are still among the programmes pulling in the most viewers so what would you yeah. say is their enduring appeal it's um, it's human nature it's looking in through someone's window and wondering what's going on isn't it yeah. I think and I and I kind of like about soaps that as the viewer, you know everything, mm. and not ever, and, and the people on screen don't. So you're a bit, you know, you're <laughs> kind of over everything. And I think that it's a lot of it is about the secrets being and the information being passed around. And it's quite nice for the viewer to know it. Um, I think it's habitual. Um, I think it's it's the familiarity of it. I think you know uh, it's it's lovely to sit down and it all to be familiar. Yeah. And 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 I don't mean it disrespectfully, but easy. Mm. You know, you know. Sometimes you watch a new thing on Netflix, or whatever, and you're just like, "Oh, it's really hard. Who's he? Who's she? What's oh, this?" Ta- I, I'm I'm terrible with that. I, I know exactly what you, know, you mean. <laughs> so I think so. I think just the ease of soaps and the familiarity of it, and I think people find it quite comforting. I think that we discovered that during lockdown. Um, I think I think that familiarity is quite important. It gives us a real link to, I think, um, you know, it gets it's something that we feel part of. Yeah. I think so. I think that's it, and also just the fact they're really bloody good. They are, they just are bloody good, you're right. I I spent, I spent, um, I did a year in Australia, 
um, and I edited Australian Insights. So because no matter what I do in the world, I just edit Insights. <laughs> That's all I do. Um, so I edited, and, and I was doing that. Oddly enough, wasn't Neighbours of Home and Away. That was all Young and the Restless and Bold and the Beautiful and Days of Our Lives. Yeah, yeah. Which are all crackers and terrible. <laughs> and just people standing <laughs> in rooms talking to themselves in like eight minute scenes. <laughs> It was just like, it was just like, oh God, our soaps are so good. I used to get people to record them on VHS. A lovely girl called Claire Brand who worked there. I used to record them on VHS and post them to me. Oh. <laughs> I tell them what, it was a big episode on, she'd send it me. <laughs> no internet then. Well, there wasn't no. internet. Well, yeah, no, not, not enough. Certainly yeah. no streaming. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I lived in uh, abroad in France for a year once, and um, it was the same for me. I had to uh, try and find my various ways of catching up on Coronation Street without actually being able to watch it. It was, it was terrible. <laughs> so, um, what, what's your take been on the increasing number of episodes that soaps have had over the years? I mean, it's been good that you've had more to write about, or has it <laughs> added to your workload too much? Yeah, I mean, there is that. I'm not... I'm not... I don't want to bite the hand of season, but I'm not convinced anyone needs six episodes a week of anything, to be hmm. honest. I think five is fine. Um, but I can understand why they're doing it. Um, I I think the temptation with six episodes is it needs too much plot. Mm-hmm. And and I think possibly it's all become a little bit plot heavy. You know, I would love it to take, you know, a 10% step back in terms of plot and just have a bit more character or a bit more silly in there. Yeah. I think it's my, it's my personal, you know, it's my personal take on it. Just because sometimes you'll watch, you'll watch a sort of, you know, you'll just watch a Mary episode, you know, say, and just go, oh, this is great. <laughs> just get a bit, <laughs> little bit more of this. Yeah. You know, yeah. I love everything else. I love all the drama, you know, I, I absolutely love the Leanne and Oliver story last year. You know, I love, you know, I'm looking forward to all the, all the Super Soap Week stuff. Mm. It's amazing, but I would just like a little bit more of that stuff, you know, that, that, that Corey's so good at. I think I'm talking specifically about Corey now. Just a, just a tiny bit less plot, but, you know, I think I quite like the, you know, I was, the thing I was going to talk about, we were gonna, you were going to mention, we were going to talk about box sets yeah, yeah, yeah. and all of that. And I think the thing that's really important for soaps is that, is that appointment to view, is that half seven. And I quite like, I quite like the symmetry now of the, of the three episodes on the three nights. Mm. The, sorry, the two episodes over the three nights. Mm. I quite like the kind of structure of that because I think, I think that really works for people. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I think, I can understand why they did it. What's interesting actually is watching the classic stuff back um, and how much of that is filmed um, is filmed on location. Yeah, I know. Like, it, like, like loads guess, more, like isn't any, any kind of guest part houses or whatever are all real houses. Yeah. Um, or, or like, a, you know, it's not, you know, all we ever get is that kind of horrible hotel that they've, that set they've got. Yeah, now, yeah. Know, on current Corey, where everyone's <laughs> to go for anything. But, you know, everything like that is real. And actually... To me, it makes the show feel more real in a little bit. I suddenly realised actually it feels a bit stagier now. The whole production, mm. I think, because everything happens up that gennel. Yeah, you know, yeah. or in that hotel or whatever. And I realised it gave it a real, it gave it a sense of a bigger world. Mm. And I think, I think, just felt it breathed a bit better. Yeah, because you know that you know it's you know like if you shoot in a house on location inside the lighting feels different than it does in the studio yeah so it yeah. just it just feels it just i just think it gave it it gave it more texture and i think made it more interesting 
Mm. Um, in a lot of ways, I think was that I've completely lost my thread again. That's oh, fine. It's fine. I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> since they've had all the the set expansion for Coronation Street, they moved to Media City. They built the yeah. Victoria Street and everything. There's been less and less reason for yeah. them to go out, isn't it? But I, I see yeah. what you mean. Although I guess in the last you know year and a half or so, they've not been allowed to go yeah. outside. Yeah, but I mean, I mean to, to be fair to Corey, I think before before the pandemic, I think they actually did more location than most. Mm. You know, certainly more. You know, Emmerdale very rarely. You know step out on location and, and EastEnders you know do occasionally but no I think I think Corey actually did a bit more than most but yeah. it's funny it's funny to see how it will all settle down isn't it because they've all they've all now worked out an entirely new production yeah. you know all the soaps and it's how much is it going to go back to how it was I know I'm fascinated to find out yeah. Um, so it's going to see how it all kind of settles down in the next year or two. I think. Yeah, yeah. How, what What did you think about um, the different ways that the soaps, the, the various soaps, responded to the pandemic? Um, I mean, I think it was pretty amazing. You know, to keep them on air, I think was you know was pretty amazing. You know, I I kind of you kind of knew that ITV would pull out all the stops to do it because you know the, the ad revenue on the soaps is is a big it's a big win for them. So you know mm-hmm. they would they would do what they could to keep them on. Um and I think they did well, you know, I think you know, you kinda of got used to it. Yeah. And then and then it was weird if you went on YouTube or watched Classic Core and you saw a scene where people were close together or I know, I know. Or you know, fighting or whatever, kissing <laughs> something you know, it all felt a bit odd because you got so used to it kind of being how it was and I think there were I think they come up with some bits of quite inventive fun things. Hmm. to do but I'm, I'm, I'm glad it's relaxing and it all feels a bit more a bit more natural now yeah yeah, um, yeah. but yeah but yeah I think like, yeah, I think you know to keep them on and to be you know to, to, and also just to be able to tell the stories you know it completely changed how you could write a plot hmm. um, and to be able to to be able to keep that going and keep it good and entertaining I think is you know is, is quite amazing yeah no I agree they did them fantastic there so something else that's been affected by the pandemic, of course, has been all the awards ceremonies, including yes. the Inside Soap Awards. So tell me yes. a bit about, you know, the importance of that for your magazine and some of the organisation that's involved putting it all together every year. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've always felt it's really important because, because it gives the readers a chance to um, a chance to kind of, you know, have their say in what, and, and, you know, reward the people they, they think are, you know, are great. I, I always kind of liked the Inside Soap Awards because um, our... Uh, you know, I always found our results were a bit more interesting than a lot of the other, a lot of the other shows. I think because because the reach of the voting didn't go quite as broadly. Mm. I think oddly, I think it was very much went to so so pure. So I think I just felt the results were always interesting. You know, I was really sort of proud that we were the first one to kind of give you know to give the best soap award to Emmerdale. Mm. You know, I think you know I think done some some really good stuff over the years. Um, it's it's you know it's, to be honest, to organise it is <laughs> it's just oh. it's, basically it's like. <laughs> It's like a wedding, right? Yeah. So organise a wedding. There is months and months and months of mithering and talking and sorting things out, and, and the most minute, minute eye of it is discussed <laughs> and sorted and done. Every you know, but by the time that event starts, I could talk you through every canopy, everything, every timing, everything, every video clip. I could, I could run you through. I could talk you through the whole night. You didn't have to go <laughs> exactly who was coming and all of that. And then it's, it's six o'clock. Celebs start to arrive, and the next thing you know, it's. To half two in the morning and you're around the piano in a hotel bar and it's like what happened <laughs> <laughs> it just goes back 
by an absolute flash. Yeah. And I have no memory. In my memory, they're all one thing now. Yeah. One great big fever dream I've had in my memory. Um, the, the only way I can tell what year is because I can normally remember what venue things happened in because we change venues every year mm. or every couple of years. So I can at least vaguely identify what it might be. <laughs> but, um, but no, it's great fun. It's a really, it's it's always been a really nice one because um, the arts have always liked to come because it's quite a relaxed one. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a little, you know, it's, it's, it's quite a short ceremony. Mm. Um, you know, it's 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 very boozy, mm. um, and you know, the, the kind of the actors kind of know that basically by nine o'clock, quarter past nine, the work's done. Yeah. You know, they do it. They do all the press is done beforehand. You know, so once they've done the press, they know done the press. Then then we have the ceremony, and then they have a lovely time. It's not that big, you know. It's about two hundred fifty people. Mm. Mm. people. So it's quite it's quite small and manageable and nice and friendly and. And yeah. yes, it's just it's just good fun, and so and the the soul packs are great fun when they when they're off the leash, when they've when they when they've come down to London and got a hotel room for the night. You know, they're they're all really good fun. Mm. Um, so it's lovely, and it's it's the one chance you actually get to sit and kind of chat with people. Yeah. Um, you know, and in a sort of much more sort of relaxed way, and a kind of off the record way. So it's nice from it's kind of nice from that point of view. You know, and it, and also another big reason we always used to do it is because it gets you so much goodwill. Because you say, oh, can we interview so-and-so? And so-and-so say, oh, it's a lovely time with them that they're doing. That's lovely. Of course I've got on the phone to them. Of course I'll do that photo shoot. Yeah. You know, so it's really good for relationship building um, from that point of view. So, yeah, so that's 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 kind of it in a nutshell, really. So it was very sad not to do it last year, you know. Because mm-hmm. then that would, you know, that was my last one last year. Yeah. You know, it's quite kind of quite kind of sad that, that I didn't get to do a final one, but, but never mind, you can't have everything in life, <laughs> Did you ever used to leave uh, to let the results of the awards? Did it like affect how much coverage you would give various soaps? Because like in you know, EastEnders won best soap loads of times, didn't it? Did that mean that your you think your viewers, uh, your readers, sorry, are more into EastEnders, so you put more EastEnders yeah. stuff in the mag? Yeah, there was an interesting. This is a, this is a really interesting point. And if I if I had the answer to this, I'd be a millionaire because imagine hmm. you'd be selling eight million thousand billion copies. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I, I've, I've endless hours. It is really interesting of what 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 makes someone buy a magazine, you know, what what makes them buy it. Is there a show that people are, as I said before, about fans and vertical, maybe a bit more fanish of? You know, is there a show that appeals more to a demographic who might then buy a magazine? Is it because they're younger? Is it because they're older? You know, there's lots of interesting stuff, and eventually you go around in circles and <laughs> realise there might not be any rhyme or reason to it. Um, there was a time, you know, there was a time where, you know, because we used to get a lot of criticism, criticism for it, where it was EastEnders because, you know, that was what sold, mm. you know, all through that kind of mid-2000s, yeah. you know, all through your kind of, you know, your sort of Mitchell sisters and, you know, your, your kind of, there was a, a lot of those kind of years, um, you know, you just couldn't, and, and the, all the other, it wasn't just this, all the other magazines were the same, you know, you know, there was a time, no, you know, no one did an Emmerdale cover for, you know, mm. years at one point, you know. And then it all kind of switches around again. So it's 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 just it's very interesting what what makes someone buy it, and you know that's that they spent hours debating it. But the awards results are interesting, you know, particularly the things that maybe you don't think as much about, mm. like you know maybe we don't think as much, we don't spend as much time mithering over the Aussie soaps and doctors or whatever, and how much cover they should have compared to maybe Casualty or Holby, you know, and that that that's stuff like that's often quite interesting. Yeah. Um, you know, sort of looking at the results of that, going, oh, that's interesting, actually, you know, that's done really well, that's not done as well as we thought, that kind of thing. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a useful barometer for all your instincts, 
you know, just to check your instincts are right or to slightly tweak your yeah. instincts. Yeah. It's really interesting hearing about um, like the behind-the-scenes stuff on the magazine because my wife, um, who also co-hosts this podcast, is a magazine right. editor as well. And she does a, right. month, she does a monthly magazine. And, and it's already right. very hectic for her at the end of each month. But yeah. a, a weekly magazine, I can't imagine how pressurised that must be. Can you give me a bit of an idea about, you know, what the schedule was like for you, how, what you had to do to make sure every Tuesday, without fail, that yeah. mag was on the shelves? Yeah. Get it to press by Friday lunchtime is what you had to do. So it was a race. It was a race for the week. It's quite a nice schedule actually, because you know you sort of you start on a Monday, you know, you know Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Friday night, and prints in two sections for various boring printer reasons. So half of it goes on Thursday night, and then half of it goes on Friday lunchtime. Yeah. So it's quite nice. So at least you got a little breather on Friday afternoon. Yeah. You know, and you could kind of gorge your loins and start again. But it's just <laughs> it's just the thing of keeping on top of it. It's the thing if if you drop the ball one day during the week you absolutely suffer at the end of it mm. so it's just a matter of really really being on the ball I mean it's 100 games a week there's a lot of it there's a lot of words in an issue of Inside Soap yeah. a lot of words um, you know it's so at the same at the time you while you're making this one you're also planning the next one mm. checking the stuff because you know you can't just stop and then go well, what's in the next one <laughs> you know, you've got to be getting all that in place getting interviews in place you're also doing anything longer term um you're also projects like Inside Soap Awards, if you've got a special or a supplement or whatever, all of those kind of have to run currently. You've also got really, really boring company stuff that you have to do because you work in a big company, you know, yeah. sort of things, stuff, boring stuff, <laughs> things like invoices that people get paid, you know, little things like that. <laughs> you know, so it's just it's just about it's just it's just a constant kind of kind of thing. You know, so it's it's a bit like soaps themselves, it's just a great big production line, but you know, yeah. it's, it's you know, it's a really good, you know, you're making a magazine about soaps, you know, it's fun. Yeah. Were, were, there ever, so, were there ever any times when, like, you almost didn't make it or anything? Or oh, you... many. <laughs> <laughs> many, 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 many. Um, no, no, we've, we've always got there in the end. Never, never, there's an old phrase, it's a phrase in magazines. Never gone to page, <laughs> never gone to press the blank page yet. <laughs> <laughs> and so far... <laughs> Even since I've been away, it's never gone to play, paste, press with a blank page yet. It's gone to, gone to press with some very hastily put together pages. Yeah. <laughs> which might not necessarily all be entirely spelled correctly. But, um, but, you know, it's never gone to press. So you get, but it's, just, it's just difficult because sometimes something will drop, you know, right at the last minute. Yeah. You know, either, you know, either, either, I mean, sorry, drop as in Connie Street will lose two episodes and yeah. don't know about, you know, so that stuff's not so that all has to be changed or some news will suddenly some news will come up that you just can't ignore yeah you know so you, you've kind of got to wrestle about you know or, or, or you know someone phones their interview at three o'clock on a thursday and that that section goes to press at six o'clock on a thursday <laughs> you know so it's just you know it's, it's a lot but you know the thing is you know it's got really as i said it's a lovely it's a lovely job it's a lovely place to inside so a lot of, a lot of people there have worked there quite a long time yeah. so everyone on inside soap is really good at making inside soap that's the one thing they're very very good at so you know everyone kind of goes right go your lines do it you know and gets on with yeah it. yeah um but it's it's you know because it's 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 good fun, but it is. It, you know, I'm not. I'm not saying it's all. It's all giggles and laughs. It's 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 it's, it's hard work. It's wearing down work. I mean, I, you know, I worked out. I think I did something like 970 issues. I think. Wow. Over the years, um, um, you know, at the minute, I'm just basically having a really nice rest <laughs> <laughs> since since August. I bet. I bet part of you must have thought, "How can I make it to a thousand? <laughs> yeah, no, I have worked it out before. That's the thing I only. Honestly, I worked it out. I only worked it out kind of as, as part of my leaving speech. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, oh, oh, 
That's pretty that's pretty incredible, that is. So I wanted to talk a bit about spoilers a little bit because obviously Tuesday mornings, that's the day when um soap viewers get to find out what's happening with their favourite characters the next week. And then you yeah. get people like like me and, and the podcast who yeah. do not like spoilers at all. We want we want to watch it fresh yeah. the first time. Do do you think there's ever such a thing as too much spoilers? I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm a big fan of spoilers. I've made my living out of <laughs> twenty odd years. <laughs> um, you know, I think I think they're um, I think they're really useful. Um, I think that I think the trick is to to tell people how it starts and never tell them how it ends. So the rule in say so is every every feature ends on a question. Ah. Always. So it's just you know to do that. Um, you know, I also think there's. There's so much noise out there. I think in 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 the sort of world that that I think the soaps need really need to constantly tell people yeah. to keep watching them. I think is the other thing. I think you need to say you know we we you know but once once the soaps it's, it's been over the years because we're talking about the episodes going up over the over the years you know because when I started you know say oh God ninety six were there three Corries yeah yeah three three Corries That's three right. Emma Dales and three standards I mm. think then um, and I you know um, and it's been interesting over the years because you know we would do research in the magazine we'd do like focus groups where we'd sit in with readers and talk about you know the magazine and the soaps and everything and <clears throat> what we found increasingly was that people were actually using insight so to catch up if they missed something but also to tell them what day they had to watch hmm. you know I, won't, I, I, I can miss it tonight she doesn't have the baby till Wednesday <laughs> You know, they, yeah. were, they were very much using it to plan because they couldn't, they would get to the point where physically in their life they couldn't watch all of them. Yeah. And this is before, you know, you, you had the, you know, you had kind of, you know, set top recording boxes and, and streaming and all of that kind of thing. You know, this is more, you kind of, you, you're more sort of linear TX. So they would, you know, they would just, you know, they would use it to plan which one to watch. Yeah. You know? So I think from that point of view, the soap realised they had to keep telling people when things happened um, to watch them. But yeah, we always sort of, we always sort of work you know, we always work with the soaps um, and just try. So we've got enough to make it sound exciting and people mm. want to tune in, but we don't spoil it for people. But, you know, I, it's interesting because, you know, things that I'm like, I'm a big Doctor Who fan and I will never, would never read anything and in any of the previous anything and inside soap about Doctor Who. It could have said, I was the editor, that, that piece could have said anything. Any <laughs> bad words from there, I would have known the sense to press because I refused to read it. Because yeah. I'm like, I watched so much telly where I knew exactly what was going to happen. I so, so I do get the, the non spoilers that yeah. I do understand. Yeah. Did you, was there ever a time? When like Cory was on, and you and you were genuinely surprised by what happened because ITV hadn't told you. No, um, was Cory? Oh yeah, the live, the, the, the I don't think we knew about the the live where um, where Kylie killed Callum. Yeah, I don't think we knew about that. Ah, because I remember watching it in the because we, we sadly we. <laughs> We got some drinks and some snacks and all watched it in the office um, <laughs> on the big telly. Yeah. Um, and, and I think we kept expecting to jump up again, <laughs> I seem to remember. I can't remember um, going into that whether we knew that um, Sean was, was leaving the show or not, Sean Ward. I can't I remember. Rem- I remember having a long conversation because um, they were absolutely adamant that they didn't want any, any allusion or any phrase vaguely towards death on any uh, cover lines or, okay. or headlines or anything because I had to change my headline on the cover I remember because I, I checked it with Alison 
simply as a head press colleague who's yeah. lovely and a wonderful lady but she scares the hell out of me um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I checked with her and she went I think that's a little bit like okay we'll change it um, so yeah so I think I think that that was I think that was a genuine genuine shock yeah um, I mean generally we sort of know because because we work a week in advance and then the spoilers are a week in advance you know we're two weeks mm, on yeah, I guess by the time so. something comes out in a lot of ways so generally we know I mean you know there's been other examples I think the end of day lives we maybe didn't know entirely um, but yeah but there's not not that much because for the machine to work mm. <laughs> you know they do have to tell and you know there's, there's a sort of quite a quite a circle of trust among the you know the sort of the, the, the soap press industry there's a little sort of circle of trust that are test with things that there's a second there's a second circle of not so trust <laughs> you know but so that's kind of how it works but yeah, yeah. generally generally we, we tie in everything because then you know it just keeps everything keeps yeah. the wheels yeah, moving. Yeah, makes sense. Cool. So before we finish, I wanted to talk a bit about um, Corrie specifically and, and, and mm. your, your preferences. So who have been some of your favourite Corrie characters over the years? Um, I think my favourite is Deirdre, actually, mm. who I miss so much. I just yeah. think how much I miss her because I watched a couple of classic Corrie this week. Um, I have on my, in my room, my little office room now where I work, I've got a big picture a photo shoot we did i think princess hope's 25th anniversary of of Ancourt bride which mm. which is which is as proud a place on my wall um, and i never got to meet her and that's oh. my one regret of my 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 stellar glittering career that um that i never i never got to meet annie so i'd yeah. love to but maybe maybe it's maybe it's wonderful that i didn't maybe that's i don't know but yeah but she, she's my favorite character um i really love steve mcdonald as well Mm-hmm. Um, I think possibly because we, I think we're about the same age. Yeah. So I think possibly I, I think there's some, some mirroring of kind of maybe experiences and stuff. And I just think Simon Gregson's brilliant and so funny. And <laughs> I love I, I just I love the fact he's such an utter coward. Yeah. <laughs> it never fails to amuse me. And everything everything bad that ever happens because he would just wouldn't fail because he's scared of women fundamentally. <laughs> <laughs> and everything everything that's ever happened to him is because of that. And I, it never gets old for me. I love it. <laughs> I think like uh, back in the olden days, he was a bit braver. He was a bit more of a Jack the Lad sort of character. But I think after everything started going wrong for him, I think yeah. you're right. He's just given up on yeah. given up on yeah. life. Yeah. The other one I wanted to ask is: you said you didn't meet um, Anne Kirkbride, but who yeah. are? Well, what are some stories you've got from some of the you know the nicest or funniest or whatever Coronation Street <laughs> cast members that you you have had a chance to chat to? Um, I've had some nice, I've had some nice experiences. Um, I went to Amsterdam um, when Roy and Haley went there. Ah, oh, lovely. Um, with um, Julie Hesmanhuis, who is the, the loveliest lady in yeah. the entire world, is Julie yeah. Dora. And David Nielsen went out to Amsterdam for a couple of days when they were filming, which was lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, and my nice, my best trip ever, my best jolly ever I got um, in, in my whole career was I went out to South Africa when they were doing the Out of Africa oh, video. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Video, video, what, what year is this? DVD, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it came out on VHS. Um, we did um, that with um, Jenny McAlpine and mm-hmm. Wendy Peters. And Andy Wyman and yeah. little Sam Aston, who was little then. <laughs> and um, yeah, so we went out there for about five days, which was, I mean, I mean, the biggest blag of my life. I, I think I worked, worked in a vertical commas, as in possibly did some interviews, possibly for about an hour and a half of that entire five days. Yeah. And I'm sort of sat in the sunshine and, and, and we're on this lovely, um, lovely safari ranch. It's not, you don't call it a ranch, do you? I don't know what you call it. Safari thing, yeah, anyway. <laughs> um, and that was lovely. Um, that was with um, 
oh, Gavin Blythe, who I think was the story editor then, mm-hmm. was producing this DVD, who then went on to um, who then went on to produce Emmerdale, brilliant, oh, right, yeah, yeah. Um, lovely Gavin, who passed away, is no longer with us, mm-hmm. very much missing, he was a smashing fella, I met, first met him in Amsterdam actually, he was oh. a journalist before he moved into storylining it. Yeah. Um, in fact, it's done this in a PR then in storylining. But um, yeah, so anyway, sorry, I'm digressing. Um, but yeah, I'll tell you who was amazing. Mm. Um, our last awards we had in 2019. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Maureen Lippman had won Best Newcomer, which she just thought was the funniest thing. Yeah, I remember that. I remember. <laughs> she, I think she thought it was so ludicrous she had to come. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and she was absolutely brilliant. She she out, she outlived a lot of the Hollywood cast sat in that bar. She <laughs> sat there sat there quite happily, ordered her own champagne because she weren't having that prosecco we were serving. Tell me that. And and she was just lovely chatting with everyone. She was she was so much fun, mm. so so lovely. Yeah. Um, I was trying to think. We had um, very privileged that we had one of the first awards, second one I think possibly. We had Bill Charmy and Liz Dorn there. Oh, great. Um, who were just, just wonderful, so humble and gracious and funny mm. and, and nice and just, they were such lovely, lovely, lovely. I'll cherish that. That was such a, it felt, I felt it was such a wonderful privilege to give them an award. It really yeah. did. felt like such an honour. Oh. They were amazing. <laughs> did you ever, like, get starstruck with anyone? Like, even, like, back in the early days, I suppose, more? Yeah, I mean, a, a, a little bit. I was a little bit with, with Bill and Liz. Mm. I really was. Oh, he was a little bit, um, but you kind of you sort of just kind of have to get on with it, yeah. <laughs> because because sometimes often in a situation as well, you've only got five minutes, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, to get what you need to get. So you sort of just got to sort of just kind of you know you kind of you've got to let your your logical brain overtake you and get on with it. Yeah. Really? But I mean, so many of the Coronation Street cast are just lovely, aren't they? And I've, I've mm. been lucky enough to chat to uh, to many of them in my time doing the podcast, yeah. and they're, they're always so easy to talk to. Yeah, they're, they're, they're all great. I mean, they're all you know, and they're all they're all true pros. I think it's I think it's because it, of the nature of that job. You know, I think you can't. You know, you've got to be. You can't be difficult. There's no time for difficultness in that job. You know, mm-hmm. you've got to you've got to come on and be able to do it and do it well and. And you know, there's a lot. You know, it's long hours, so I think everyone kind of knows how to how to keep themselves going, really. But they're all, yeah, they're all, they're all really, really, really nice, Jim. I've never, yeah. I've never, never met a bad one, I must say, <laughs> actually. Or maybe, or maybe the bad ones we just never get to meet. That's always my suspicion. <laughs> so <laughs> they don't stick them on the phone. I'm always like, oh, what's wrong with them? <laughs> so now you're no longer on Inside Soap. Are you continuing to keep up with you know what's going on in Weatherfield and Walford and so on, or are you having a bit no. of a break? <clears throat> No, definitely, definitely. Um, I'm actually probably watching more soaps than I did when I actually uh. used to be the editor of Inside Soap, to be honest. And um, yes, I am. I, I mean, I'm, as I said, I've, I've always been a fan. That's yeah. the thing. I always will be a fan. And I'm so invested in them now. You know, it's it's just sort of. So um, yeah, I'm really, I'm, I'm quite, I'm quite enjoying watching them. I'm quite enjoying not quite being so. I mean, I've done. I've been working doing freelance work various places. So I have. I have been doing you know quite a bit of soap stuff, but not not to the in depthness every week that I do it. No. So, so it's been quite nice to, to not quite be so fully up on that. I know broadly what's happening, yeah, but not yeah. quite, not quite know every single story beat, which is kind of what you ended up doing by the, by the time you finish an issue of Inside Soap. Mm. So it's been quite nice to just not quite <laughs> to be so deep dived in and be able to sit back a little bit, yeah, yeah, um, and enjoy it. Oh, so, have you got anything else like big lined up in in the pipeline work wise? No, I'm saying I'm having I'm having a little I'm having a little rest. I've got. Bits and pieces that I'm doing enough enough to get me up in the morning yeah. <laughs> enough to enough to make me remember to get up um, and I'm 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 really happy I'm still doing 
um, soap stuff because that's that's quite nice. That's quite nice. I think I think if I went completely cold turkey, I might have a small nervous breakdown. So it's quite <laughs> nice that I'm still involved in that world a little bit, yeah. doing some bits and bobs. So, yeah, so it's nice. I'm just sort of. I'm just saying, I'm just having a little bit of a rest, and then oh. I might relaunch myself into the world next year. Who knows? But for the minute. <laughs> I'm quite happy to see what happens. Well, it's a, it sounds really. like after 25 years, you've earned a bit of a break, to be fair. Yeah, that, that's, that's what I reckon. I, I reckon I can see it out until after Christmas. Yeah. And then I'm, like, I'm a little think. But yeah, I'm, I'm, quite, I'm quite enjoying it. I'm quite, I'm quite enjoying the lack of responsibility. <laughs> okay, actually. Okay. I, I, really thought, I really thought the first week I wasn't there, I'd be thinking every day, oh, we'll be doing this now, and oh, I wonder what's going on with this. Yeah. Didn't give it a second thought. I'm so knackered. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, bless them. I love them all very, very dearly. They're all very good friends of mine, but I was just like, just get on with it. <laughs> 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 I'm having a little rest now. It's fine. Absolutely. Yeah, so it's, 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 yeah. so it's, it's nice. It's Good. very nice. Oh, well, Stephen, it's been really, really lovely chatting to you on the podcast today. Thank you so much oh, for coming on you. and uh, so many pleasure. great stories. And um, yeah, best of luck for whatever does come your way in the future. Thank you. Thank okay. you very much. Cheers, Mike. Cheers. Bye bye. Bye bye. I told you it was lovely. Isn't he lovely? He's a nice guy, isn't really, he? Really, really nice guy. I found that fascinating. I could have. It was all due. Pretty long interview, wasn't it? About three quarters of an hour that was, but I could have talked to him for ages. So fascinating to find out about, you know, all of um, what's everything about how the magazines exactly. changed over the over the years. About yeah, and the, how how the soap world has changed. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, in a, in a sense, is he not one of the, like the tastemakers of the soap world? I think so. I think definitely. He is. Um, yeah. So I hope you all enjoyed that, everyone. Thank you so so much, Stephen, for coming on to the podcast. That's so nice that was of him. Lovely, yeah. and I and I do wish you the very very best of luck for whatever life takes you in the future <laughs> maybe I mean you, you did talk about you know a, a friend who was a soap journalist had gone on to you know work behind the scenes wow so that could be we could be, could, could be you Gemma you're a journalist you know soaps you could be Coronation Street's next producer just saying really do you think so definitely so we're either going to be watch hitting, out Ian McLeod we're either going to be hitting him up for some exclusive inside info <laughs> or we're going to be ripping into him and complaining <laughs> like we do for Ian McLeod <laughs> Well, there you go. Well, we better go, haven't we? Because it is late. Um, I, I very much enjoyed that. Thank you again, Stephen. Wonderful. Hope you all enjoyed it as well. And um, yeah, that Fascinating is it. insights. Yes, it was. Just Thank so you very much. Thank you. Right, we're going to be back this weekend with more of our thoughts on this week's um, Ooh, so many Coronation Street. And there's actually going to be another little mini interview segment. Yeah, it, we've been there? very, well, Michael's been very busy this week. Just, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, we've got a little, bit, little mini interview. It's um, not with somebody that's on Oh, it's a very exciting special bonus episode. You have to wait interview. and see who that is on Saturday morning. Exactly. Like tease. Um, we're done. See you then. Bye bye. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. <laughs> <laughs>